Hello and welcome to this new podcast. Uh, my name's Jason Newland. My website's jasonnewland.com. This new podcast is aimed at addiction, uh, abuse of drugs, alcohol. Uh, substance abuse, uh, gases, glues, solvents, aerosols, uh, as well as pretty much everything else to do with addiction. Uh, I might even include some stuff for gambling and maybe even porn addiction at some point, but I won't be focusing on them to start with. Uh, so... The first recording I'm going to make will be focusing on glues, gases and aerosols, particularly aerosols. Before you listen to this, I would say, well, first of all, only listen when you can safely close your eyes, because unfortunately I've got quite a boring, boring voice. And you may find yourself getting a bit dozy and uh, falling asleep. I would also say listen to this when you are sober. Uh, and by that I mean not high, not drunk, not have, perhaps hopefully not have anything in your system recently. I realised that, you know, even if you've taken cocaine, uh, two weeks ago it's still going to be in your system because I think it stays you can uh, forensics can test a hair off your head not your head but a head we should got my Vinny's now hassling me I've got a little dog called Vinny and he doesn't like it when I make recordings I don't think it's because I'm talking to you not him I can talk to you as well we can talk to I'm talking to everyone what? Uh, so if you hear him in the background, that's what it is. Sometimes he's running around playing with stuff or he's eating a bone or he's just whining. Sometimes he barks. I'll try and edit that out. Um, these recordings won't be with music. There won't be any music. They won't be 10 hours long. They'll just be the duration of however long they are. And I will make them available not just on its own podcast but also on some of my other podcasts and I'll share on Facebook so if you know somebody maybe uh, else that might benefit from listening to these recordings aimed at helping you to make changes that you've decided to make because ultimately, you're the one in charge. You're the one in control of your own life, your own future. And if you want to have a future, you know, then changes are generally needed. So as I was saying, you know, they can, they can find from a hair, I think within six months of someone taking... 
uh, a like cocaine or something. I say they, I'm guessing probably forensics, whoever they are, whoever can do that stuff. I wouldn't know how to, of course. So you might think, well, how am I qualified to be making a podcast like this? And I suppose in some ways I'm not, in some ways I am. I'll tell you a little bit briefly um, why I'm making a recording, uh, a little bit about my history. I spent a lot of my younger years taking drugs recreationally, mainly uh, well, I guess weed you call it, but I used to call it um, hash, but you know, resin. I used to smoke that. And then when I was in my early 20s, I started doing speed and amphetamines and I experimented with acid and then in my late 20s, uh, yeah, late 20s, I got into coke. So I was doing coke at the weekend sometimes. Never... I was never addicted to anything, really. I mean, I was, I felt I got into a habit of smoking, smoking uh, weed or hash. And, but I could stop doing it any time. And it wasn't, if anything, it just, I realized how clear my mind could be when I stopped. And then once I hit 31, I started drinking alcohol. So I stopped smoking cigarettes because I was smoking cigarettes through that whole period. Stopped smoking cigarettes and then I started drinking alcohol. And I spent from 2001 until about 2017 drinking. Um, It got a little bit bad for a while. early 2000s I was drinking about six be bad for me because I'm, I'm, I'm a lightweight I don't really hold alcohol very well and I was drinking quite excessively every evening after work for a few years and then I stopped for a year because I was ill like I started having panic attacks and stuff and and then I started uh, drinking again after a year and I was drinking quite regularly most evenings, but not as excessive. I was drinking lighter, you know, like uh, probably lower alcohol content. And then I started going to the pub in my more like middle to late 30s. So I'd be drinking maybe four pints, five pints a night and going home. So... I got used to drinking alcohol in my early 20s, or my early 30s rather, and it was very much uh, the one thing I looked forward to because I wasn't happy. I was working in a sales environment. I was fairly successful. You know, I was in a call center, so I was never going to earn a huge amount of money, but I was quite successful in that position. I worked very hard and... At the same time, I didn't have anything else really going on in my life. So I was drinking every evening and I'd look forward to it because uh, 
that's that was it's almost like it was my hobby which is weird really and then I moved here where I'm living now in 2015 and I was drinking every night you know four cans of lager that's it maybe six and for some reason I just got bored of it it didn't you know, I was drinking weak stuff and it wasn't doing anything for me really it was just like it was more just habitual rather than, it wasn't addiction it was habitual and I was like oh and I just just got bored just stopped doing it not because I wanted to stop I just couldn't be bothered anymore so that's that, that was that. And I really drank alcohol regularly for quite a few years. I've done other things as well over the years also, smoked uh, crack, I've done cocaine as I said. So I've done a few things, but I've never done it in a excess. So, you know, I'm coming from a perspective of having done some stuff. Never did heroin. Um, never did... What's that horse tranquilizer thing? I never did that. Uh, never did meth. Um, I never did tablets. That's one thing. I never really liked tablets. I know technically you could say, well, speed is like a tablet, you know, crumbled up, but... I don't, I never, never did any of the tablet things that people take. Never got into tranquilizers and stuff like that. So that, that's kind of me. So over a period of, since the age of 17, 18, until a few years ago, I was doing all kinds of stuff. But sporadically and every now and then, and which is the same word, isn't it? And during that period, I've seen people that were addicted. I've seen people that were really got caught up in it. Now, I think with crack, cocaine, crack, um, even if someone's not addicted to crack, when they're smoking it, they're addicted to crack. Like during the moment, because that's one thing I noticed, and I didn't get that with any other drug. Uh, maybe cocaine a little bit, but much more so with crack. Is that all-encompassing focus on the next hit, the next smoke. And even though there's conversations going on, I was only half listening to the conversation or participating in the conversation because I was just thinking about the next smoke even though I was frazzled and I didn't really want another smoke because I felt ill uh, it sent me into panic and I had to stop doing it because I was having panic attacks so I had to stop doing it altogether and and that was just a social thing with a friend and generally I, there was no I could, was not bothered about doing it or not 
but during doing it, I was. So after the first smoke, there had to be another smoke, and then another one, and then another one, and then another one, and then the whole kind of almost depression as you could see the the amount reducing and each pipe getting smaller. And like thinking, oh no, I hope he's got some more, <laughs> or I hope there's some more, or whatever. So yeah, um, so I'm coming from that perspective of knowing a little bit about doing it. I've also been around people with drug who are, I don't really want to use the word drug, drug addicts, but people with drug abuse issues for the last nine years as well as like alcohol but I've seen some of the things that people do when they are full on addicted to whether it's crack or heroin and some of the really crazy stuff that goes on some of the violence that I've seen uh, generally it's been resolved without getting out too out of hand uh, and stuff I've heard about more than seen to be honest but it's a really really dodgy life style because people that absolutely detest each other will sit in the same room as each other and get high especially if they're not having to pay for it or it's a safe place you know to get high because you can't just stand in the street or sit in front some people like they can't sit in front of their family and just light up a crack pipe you know they might have to go somewhere else to do it because their friends and family don't know that they do it maybe so I've seen people that I know dislike each other tremendously sitting in the same room getting high and I don't think in any other situation other than the workplace or maybe family family meetings and family gatherings would you see people that really have that don't like each other forcing themselves to stay in that room because if we don't like someone we keep away from them don't we generally that's the standard logical thing to do there's 7 billion people on the planet. Why get too worried about one particular person? And I can see why that causes problems because it's a very volatile situation. It's very easy for a spark to ignite because you know, everyone's borrowing money off each other. People aren't paying it back. They're lying to each other. Uh, holding back on the, the gear, the drugs, they're maybe trying to steal some for, the, for themselves so that when they go they can do that or maybe they've they've bought some drugs with the money that the other people have put together and they're trying to con everyone else by keeping some of that money aside or maybe trying to keep some of the drugs, you know, so it's basically shortchanging them and I've seen that a lot of times. 
and I've heard about it even more. So there's a lot of uh, issues around this lifestyle. And someone once said to me, yeah, but the good thing about being a drug addict is when you get up, you've got a purpose. You have to get up and you know you have to get the money together to get that first hit. Ideally, you've got it there for the morning and then you can go out and, you know, you can spend the rest of the day working, well, I say working, but you know, whether it's begging on the streets or stealing from supermarkets, whatever, to get the money to buy the drugs, to buy the next hit. So, it's quite, I've seen various things and heard various things, which I won't discuss here. It's just, just is this would be like a general stuff that I've heard and seen. And it still surprises me to this day that someone will take, inject themselves with heroin. Not only in front of a bunch of people, but a bunch of people that they don't even like or trust that may actually have an issue with them, like a real big issue. And they will basically make themselves, put themselves in the most vulnerable position that they could ever be. They're basically just lying there, unable to do anything. Might only be for 10 minutes, but during that time, anyone could do anything they wanted. Uh, another thing, I've resuscitated four people four times after heroin overdoses. And so, and I've, I've known people that have died as well. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. I know it's quite a long introduction, so that might not be... In fact, this might be just the introduction to the podcast. Yeah, this is going to be the introduction to the podcast. That way I will refer you to listening to this rather than saying this at the beginning of every recording. I'll also tell you about some of the, some of the ideas that I have that may be of use to you if you're listening. Uh, I will have to put an adults only uh, marker on these podcasts uh, just just to let you know there's adult content, which means I might swear, I might, who knows, I might do, or might say stuff. I guess the, the subject matter is definitely 18 plus and Some of the things that I'm thinking of doing, first of all, I would suggest maybe listening to some of my other recordings as far as relaxing, to help to relax. Uh, for those that perhaps have issues sleeping and uh, they need, you know, think they need to do a certain thing before going to sleep, which isn't healthy, Perhaps, you know, to let you know that there are alternatives to that. There are different ways that can lead to falling asleep. And 
one of the benefits of listening to me is I am very boring. I'm very lucky that way. Not in life, but as far as making boring podcasts. Uh, it's not great for my love life, but it's, it's good for this. And it means that although you can listen and you can absorb some of the things that I say and it might be worth listening more than once to each recording in this podcast ultimately you may if nothing else just find yourself relaxing physically as well as you know just your mind slows down and maybe your heart rate slows down a bit your your breathing increases I've noticed that I study myself um, when I'm in bed and I notice that my lung capacity really increases during that period of naturally relaxing before falling asleep now there was a time and I know that some people listen to this may may think this way as well there was a time when I used to go to bed to go to sleep now I don't go to bed to go to sleep anymore I go to bed and I observe myself relaxing I observe how nice it is to just lay down comfortably close my eyes and take a rest from well, looking at things, because let's face it, we have our eyes open. That's if, if you can see. Uh, for those that are able to see, we've got our eyes open all day long, pretty much. And just the action of closing your eyes really can... It can feel amazing. It might sound weird, like, what do you mean feel amazing? That's what the crack's for, like... Yeah, it's a different feeling. It's nice. Now, you, you may not have relaxed for a long time. You may feel that you never relax or you've never, you haven't relaxed forever and you can't remember the last time you really relaxed outside of maybe uh, taking drugs or something like that. But... I do have a challenge for you. I bet you can't do that sound. See, I just made it sound like a pigeon. Very realistic, isn't it? Oops. Okay, it wasn't me. It's actually a pigeon. It's Herbert. He hasn't visited me lately. He used to come and like jump onto the windowsill when I was making recordings and wink at me. He said, right, JJ. But he's, I uh, don't know where he is now just stays in the trees he is still shouting hello you right still making those stupid recordings yes mate i am thanks what's it been 18 years you've been doing it yeah thanks made any money yet shut up so i like to just lie down and instead of like thinking oh i've got to go to sleep or 
got to be up in eight hours, all that crap. I just lie there and I enjoy the feeling of, as I said, closing my eyes. Because when you close your eyes, regardless of anything else, your first of all, your eyelids do start to relax. It's just, just natural. It's not voluntary. It just happens naturally. When your eyes are closed, your face starts to relax. The muscles around your eyes, your eyelids, your forehead, your jaw. Oh, excuse me, a bit of gas, lovely. And your face starts to relax. It's just a very natural thing. So, you know, you can sit in a chair and do some relaxation exercises, which is really good. I mean, meditation is really good as well. I, I connect the two. To me, meditation and I do kind of a mixture between the two relaxation and meditation if I'm sitting in a chair you know if I'm doing that but lying down there's no effort it's the least effortful thing you'll ever do and I don't know if effortful is an actual word but it is now you can just lie down on your bed in a position that is comfortable for you course the you know generally we we move around in our sleep so you're not going to be necessarily you don't have to stay in one particular position but there's a feeling that if you notice it if you're willing to allow yourself just to notice how you're feeling instead of what you're thinking does that make sense so if you focus on how you're physically feeling in that moment uh, you notice that your forehead I mean sometimes I like to just push my eyebrows up not with my fingers but just you know manually or whatever with the muscles and it really gives me a sense of stretching my eyes, noticing, getting more in touch with how my forehead is feeling more relaxed. And the scalp, you know, your head, that starts to relax. Your throat, your mouth the back of your neck and as you lie in there this just happens naturally as you observe it you just observe it what happens is while this happens while this goes on your mind starts to slow down because you're not giving attention to your thoughts you're not ignoring your thoughts but you're focusing just on how you feel. In the same way as when you get into a bath or when you turn the shower on and that water hits your body, uh, you may be focusing on trying to get the temperature right. 
you know, unless you've got a really nice shower, you might have to kind of fiddle around with the hot and cold tap to try and get it at the right temperature. And you're focusing, okay, focusing on your hands on the taps. You're focusing on that balance, but more importantly, you're focusing on the physical sensation of the water on your body. And that relaxes your mind. Unless it's freezing cold, then your mind won't be relaxed. Your mind will probably be in a state of shock almost, you know. But it will be, you won't be thinking about problems, it will be thinking about that particular situation. So in that moment, you won't be worrying about the past or concerned about the future. You'll just be in the moment thinking, it's cold, I need to put the hot tap on. So it's a similar kind of experience in a way when you're lying down because you know you haven't got any shoes on ideally I don't know I don't wear shoes in bed I don't think many people do so your feet will naturally relax if you take your socks off if you, you know providing it's not it's not too cold and obviously you can take your socks off you have that freedom make sure you wear loose clothing when you're in bed which allows your body to naturally just relax even though there's some stupid dog in the garden barking which is annoying me now but you might not be able to hear it very well because it's not anywhere near the cam the camera the microphone so right uh, just had to close the window there so that the dog was stopping bark well not stopping barking but my little Vinny unfortunately was uh, responding or just shouting back hello you're new, I'll meet you in the park at the swings make sure you bring your ball with you my dad won't give me my ball anymore it was here, so I chucked it and kicked it at the television set. Okay, so where was I? Let's have a quick cup of tea. God, just I just went, I just dropped my tea, and there's this thing in the bottom, and I thought, what the hell? And so I remembered it was a biscuit that broke earlier when I was dunking. I thought, God, I thought there was some kind of slug in there. So, laying down is effortless. I mean, once you're laying down, I mean, physically, every, you know, if someone's got a physical issue, it might take a bit of effort to lay down. But generally, when you're focusing just on your body, just but not focusing on relaxing, that's the main thing. You're not focusing on trying to do anything. It really is a case of you are just allowing yourself to notice the sensations of 
how you physically feel, not even how you emotionally feel, just physically, in your face, your eyes, your jaw, your throat, your back of your neck, your shoulders, and then you can notice other parts of your body. You don't need to go in any kind of order. You don't need to start from your head all the way down to your feet. There's no rules to this. It's just noticing. You can notice individual parts of your body. For example, maybe your lower back is starting to relax. Or you may just get a sense of your overall body. Just feeling more comfortable. And there's a degree of pleasure that comes from that. It's natural pleasure. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not in, I don't know, maybe it's endorphins. I don't think, I don't know if it is. I don't know a huge amount about those things, but it feels nice, basically. It feels nice. And it's not a false nice. It's not something that's been caused by, uh, taking something not even you know uh, a nice cup of Horlicks you know or something like that before going to bed it's just completely natural because you're not trying to do anything you're not trying to cause yourself to relax you're not trying to uh, make your mind slow down. You're just observing what is happening naturally. And as you observe the comfort increasing in your body, as the stress leaves and the tension leaves the muscles, of your body the more you notice pleasant feelings for example maybe in your shoulders or in your hands you'll notice them in your feet and maybe maybe you'll notice it in your left hand or your right hand first and then maybe you'll notice it in your right foot And it just feels nice. I mean, you know, it's like it might not feel so wonderful that you want to jump up and write a poem about it. You know, you might not want to compose a song. I'm going to compose a sonnet. I mean, you know, it might be, it might not be kind of life changing in that way. But it feels nice. And sometimes, in life there can be a lack of nice does that make sense uh, sometimes there can be a lack of not only feeling nice feeling nice physical sensations or having um, pleasant 
thoughts they might also depending on lifestyle there may be a lack of being around nice people or people behaving nicely they might be perfectly lovely people but not perhaps doing and saying nice things and we all need a break from that because I, th I would say regardless of a situation most people generally have had to deal and deal with situations where they're with people that perhaps they don't get on with or they don't enjoy that person's company but they might end up sitting next to them in an office for years on end or it might be a teacher at school or it could just be it could be your best friend that's going for a really difficult period and it's becoming too just really really difficult to deal with them it could be your partner and you could love them with all your heart but at the moment you just can't stand being near them and there's that guilt that comes with that and maybe you want to help them but they won't accept help maybe you want help from them and they won't they're not doing what you want you're not doing what they want so what this can give you is something that doesn't depend upon another person doing anything doesn't depend on another human being behaving in any specific way it's just noticing how you feel within yourself that natural very natural experience of relaxing and the tension just leaves and of course well I say of course but not everyone knows this but you can't force relaxation just like you can't force someone to love you you can't force yourself to love someone else you can't force yourself to enjoy eating something that makes you feel disgusted. Like, I don't like peanut butter. I don't like Marmite. I couldn't sit here and have Marmite on toast and... Well, I could, but there'd be no point. I couldn't make myself... Well, I don't know, maybe I could make myself like it eventually if that's all I ate and there was no other choice. Perhaps I'd end up liking it. But in the moment, I couldn't just, I don't like it. I don't like Marmite. I never have. It's just, I mean, I know people would like, some people do love it, some people don't. I don't know, it's, that's the whole cliche of Marmite, isn't it? You can't force yourself to feel relaxed. It's all about allowing yourself. It, well, it's not, in some ways, it's not even that. It's just observing it. Letting it happen naturally. 
because if you're lying down in bed, even if it's, when I say in bed, it doesn't have to be in bed. You can sit back on your settee, sit in a comfortable chair, whatever it is, but you're allowing yourself some space, some time to just be with yourself. And without any expectations, without any need for anything, you don't need anyone else to do anything for you, you don't need to do anything for anyone else. There's nothing you need to really do to prepare for this either. I mean, if you're wearing, uh, I don't know, a scuba diving costume, then maybe take that off, because I imagine that would be quite constricting. But generally, wear something loose, take your shoes off, and chastity belt if you got one, you take that off as well, you know, just get rid of anything that's maybe constricting the blood flow through your body and just allow yourself that space, that time to notice how it feels to just relax. Because what I realized is the feeling of just relaxing, the pleasure that comes with that is more enjoyable than anything else, pretty much. There's a certain pleasure that comes from that that I've not been able to obtain from any synthetic opioid or weed or out, you know, beverage or whatever. And I know that people don't take cocaine to relax necessarily because it's not really a relaxing thing, is it? Or inhale gas or whatever. Especially not smoking crack. That's the least relaxing thing you could do. But as far as a feeling of well-being, yeah, it's, it's not instant. It's not like it doesn't happen within seconds. But there's something quite nice about the process of observing the different parts of your body just letting go and you're not doing anything you're just observing it and it's free I mean it doesn't cost you anything and you don't have to go out looking for it the next day you haven't got to devote any time to accumulating this you can do it whenever you want when you, you know you can so safely close your eyes there's ways you can do it if your eyes open as well but in the sense of listening to me, you might find that your eyes get very 
Your, your eyes get bored first. You'd think your ears would get bored first, but your eyes possibly get bored first and and then you notice your eyelids and all that stuff and that sense of well-being that arises is it's unlike anything else it's I would say it's yeah I would say it's a sense of peace in a very weird and frantic, chaotic, and often quite scary world. In the moment, everything is peaceful. And it's almost like the world doesn't exist. It's just you in touch with you. And that's all there is in that moment. And it's a safe space somewhere where you're no longer whatever label you've given yourself or other people have given you. You're no longer the thing that you've done in the past. You're no longer your behavior from the past. You're just you now. The you that's here feeling more and more relaxed. That's who you are. You're no longer your thoughts. You're no longer your experiences. The past, the future is irrelevant in this moment. This is an opportunity to just be you. To just let go of everything. I look down at Vinny, my, my little uh, little dog, and all he focuses on is now. I keep getting interrupted during this recording. Vinny keeps barking constantly. <sighs> so he will be part of the podcast. I will be talking about him. And I was just thinking... He's always in the moment. Always in the moment. Doesn't matter what he's doing, he's thinking about what he's doing right now. And and I've seen him throw up and then just carry on like nothing happened. And it's like, wow. I've seen him hurt himself and then just carry on straight away like nothing happened. You know, run into a wall and then like, oh, and then carry on. It's, it's a quiet, I mean, I know it's not through choice. It's just the way his 
brain is, but it's quite a nice uh, mentality, I think, in some ways. So I'm going to bring this recording to an end. This is, as I said, just an introduction, but there is maybe some kind of relaxational benefit to listening to this recording. And if I can help somebody by doing this podcast, then it's worthwhile to me. And I've I lost someone very close to me that I wasn't able to help. Now they it wasn't yeah, I mean they got very ill and I feel I could have done more. I feel I could have done more, but they they wouldn't. They did the person didn't entertain even, you know, listening to me or doing any of this stuff. I think I could have helped him if he had. Right. So I'm going to go. Thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy. Lots of love. Bye.